This episode of How and Why with DTI is brought to you by the ENDS Bulldog Anti-Blast Nozzle. Developed to dramatically reduce the potential of blowing up or burping toilets, the ENDS Bulldog Anti-Blast Nozzle is a great nozzle for all-around cleaning. Its slow rotation along with a combination of 45 and 90-degree jets helps prevent blowing or burping toilets when ran at 1,100 PSI, which in most trucks equates to around 1,600 PSI at the hose reel. Its low-maintenance design makes this nozzle your go-to when blowing up toilets is not an option. If you want to prevent angry homeowners chasing your crews, then the ENDS Anti-Blast Nozzle is the nozzle for you. Contact any of the Jack Doheny Company coast-to-coast locations for more information on the ENDS Bulldog Anti-Blast Nozzle. Welcome back to How and Why with DTI. I'm your host, Mike Renner. Today I've got again with me, Ed Fitzgerald. Ed, today we're going to talk about don't blow the commode, or as a lot of people call it, blowing up or burping toilets. What causes it and how can we prevent it? First thing we have to understand when we talk about uh, blowing up toilets or burping them is, is what causes it. And, and I think you got a lot of insight in that years experience. Why don't you explain a little bit what's causing blowing up or burping toilets? Yeah, you've used both terms, blowing up and burping. That thing really doesn't blow up. You're forcing air up through the toilet. Historically, it has to do with the venting system on the home that's used. First of all, understanding the venting system on the home and why it happens, and then we'll understand how we can prevent it in the pipe cleaning process. But up and through about the early 80s, we used to run four-inch fence stacks out of most of our homes. My house was built in 49, still has a four-inch fence stack. And within three feet of that vent stack is the toilet, the sink, the bathtub, and they're all tied into it. And the vent, as most of you know, is exactly what it says. It's a vent. It's like putting a straw in a glass of water and putting your thumb on the end, lift it up, and the water stays in the straw until you lift your thumb off the end of the straw and vent it. What happens when you flush a toilet, it creates a vacuum on the line when you put that big slug of water through there. If there's a vent, we don't have an issue. If there's not a vent, you actually can suck the, the kitchen or the bathroom sink or the bathroom tub trap dry and you get odor back in your house. Well, in about early to mid 80s, they reduced that vent stack to three inch, which wasn't a problem. And in the late 90s, it went down an inch and a half to two inch. And to accommodate the prefab homes that could be built in Texas and moved up, moved over to Arizona where plumbing codes were different. And they got it to be accepted. Uh, nationwide in this smaller venting. If you think about it, the 8-inch sewer line, once it goes to the lateral, typically is 6-inch. Once it gets to the house, it's reduced to 4. Once it turns up out of the floor and goes up, it's now it's 3-inch. And you've got all this air generated by the cool, which we'll talk about here in a minute. All that air generated by the cool is traveling up that line and when you start reducing the size of the pipe, you can increase the velocity or the speed of the air. Uh, if the house is invented correctly, you stand a chance of pushing the air through the toilet, which is a three inch connection, typically. It could be different sizes, most of them are three inch. Uh, and the air is just gonna come up through the toilet and push the material out of the toilet. That's, that's the big reason. I mean, yeah, airflow and venting are a big part of what this is. And then another section that, that I think sometimes gets overlooked a little bit or you need to understand is, is restricting that airflow. And what we mean by that is, are you pulling too much material behind that nozzle and there's nowhere for that airflow to go but up that lateral? Or do you have a belly in the pipe that's causing, uh, causing that airflow to be restricted and, and moving up there? So there's, there's other things 
you have to understand, and then that's where step cleaning comes in and knowing what you're, you're cleaning with and, and the tools you use going in there. So airflow venting and airflow restrictions, that's really is what's causing this issue. Anyway. Sure, sure. Um, and now they kind of know what it's coming from or what's causing it, but how can, we, how can we fix it? How can we prevent blowing up the commode? Let's first understand airflow, how it's generated, or how we can reduce it. And it's the amount of air traveling through the sewer line in the cleaning process. As we've seen in the past on jet angles and jet sprays, this particular grenade, a really good cleaning tool, moves a lot of material. And this particular tool has 10 degree jetting on it and 30 degree jetting on it. And you can see the difference in the spray pen, 10, 30, 10, 30, all the way around. And we rotate the tool a little bit, it gives you a little better concept of the difference between 10 and 30 degree there. Um, the lower the number, in this case 10, the more you shoot material behind the nozzle, which is a good thing if you're trying to move material, it doesn't pile it up back here. But the more air it draws. The more I can widen out the spray pattern, the less air I'm going to draw with the nozzle. So the tool you're using, you can do two things. One major thing is reduce it to 60 gallons a minute, make sure you're using a 60 gallon a minute tool in an eight inch pipe, which is where most of the problems are. Two, if you can up the spray angle by going to a rotator with 90 and 45, 47 degree jetting, we'll take a look at here in a second. Reducing the GPM. Now a lot of these out there, I've been into customers, they go, oh, we do the 7-Eleven thing. And I'm going, 7-Eleven? He says, yeah, 1,100 PSI up, 700 PSI back. Well, you're reducing the, the pressure on your truck, but you're also reducing the flow on your truck. Not too many of us out there believe 700 PSI is actually going to clean a pipe. Yeah. You need to get that pressure in the 1,500 PSI range, which is what you can do. As you're going to see in an animation here shortly, this tool run at 2,000 PSI, which is a little bit high, is going to pull 85 mile an hour wind. If you can increase the spray angle, by say going to 45 degrees, it's going to reduce the forward thrust of the nozzle to some degree. These 90 degree jetting, they don't pull any air at all. The other rotating orifices in the head are 47 degree. So it gives you a good concept of wider I can make that spray pattern, the less air I'm going to pull. As you're going to see in the animation, we ran this tool, we measured it, and we're pulling 85 mile an hour wind through the pipe. Think of the 85 mile an hour wind. Remember when you were a kid and you've only done this once and dad's driving down the freeway and you stuck your hand out the window? That was a one-shot deal. Yeah. Smart enough not to do it again. Um, that's what we were dealing with here, 85 mile an hour winds. Here we're pulling about 24 to 27 mile an hour winds. We're running no more than 1600 PSI. We run it at 60 gallons a minute. It is a rotating head, so it's a good, good grease cutter. Uh, good general maintenance tool. The downside to this tool is it doesn't push material as far behind the nozzle as, say, a 10-degree jet. Well, again, from the aspect of changing the tool and or making sure the venting system's right on the home that you're working around, which is like near impossible to make sure, uh, is some of the things we need to do or take a look at. So when looking at, you can look at the things you can control. What you can control is what you run your nozzle at and um, the spray angle of the nozzle you put in the pipe. You're selecting a nozzle with the proper spray angle. 
Uh, we've talked about this before, the standard small rotators we use for cutting grease that only have three jets off the back. They've got 90 and 45 yep. degree jetting in the rotating head. They work well too. Um, the rotating head where we have a lot of high degree, 47 and 90 degree, work really well in this application. This particular Enablast tool was specifically designed for that application. Uh, again, this, you can see this tool with 15 or 20 degree jetting in the back or the Enablast that has 45 degree jetting in the back. Again, this is a one inch tool and you can make them, uh, you can make them for smaller diameter hoses uh, in the field and you can get them for those subs. Most of the time it's your one inch trucks causing the problem. Again, lowering gallon per minute. I don't see this problem on 40 gallon a minute, three quarter inch trailer jets. Now, Although I do see it on the one inch trucks and the guys are trying to push 80 gallons a minute into an eight inch pipe. It's like trying to clean your driveway with a fire hose. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a little bit of waste of time. And that's one thing we do want to, to let under, just because you can go at 80 at 2500 doesn't mean you need to every application. That's, you know, if you're doing some high-end, bigger pipe, things like that, you need that. But at an 8-inch, 10-inch line, in a, a fairly clean, you know, 60 will clean every bit of it at that 1600 Oh, it's PSI. just as efficient. You're going to be there for the same period of time. You're going to use less water. The truck doesn't have to work as hard. You don't have to run it as hard. But the tool has to be set up for that gallon per minute and pressure. And that has to do with the orifice size in the nozzles. If you see in prior podcasts, that's how we adjust the foam pressure of the tool. Mike, we have a animation that would really show the different venting systems all the way to the air admittance valve. A little bit about what we're talking about. Before we get to that, in that animation, you're going to see the, there's three homes, and you're going to see they're all plumbed a little differently. We'll explain it as you're watching it. This is an air admittance valve. It could be inch and a half thread like this is. It could be two inch. Inside of here is a very weak spring. You'll, you'll screw this into the vent stack out of the back of your sewer line, and it'll come up above the toilet tank. And it normally is in the wall of the house oh, when you yeah. put it in there. And when you flush the toilet and create a vacuum, that spring opens up and it allows air to be drawn through these openings in the side. It draws the air out of the wall cavity of your house. Um, and it works. The downside to it is it's totally illegal. This was designed for island, kitchen type island applications where a vent wasn't feasible to put yeah. in um, when you had an open island. It was never supposed to be used on a toilet. Um, one, I looked at the code, and two, the little piece of paper came in the box that came with this. It was called, um, what do you call those? Directions. I don't know what those are. Yeah, me either. Uh, but in those directions, it said not to use it on the toilet. It was not up to code. Um, why do we see them there? People sure cut the code and do what they can do to get around it. But this is, this is a huge issue in our industry is the air admittance valve being improperly used. Mike, let's take a minute here and run the animation. Let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing here. All right, this is an animation that our DTI group put together. We're using the grenade. The grenade's running at 2,000 PSI, um, 60 gallons a minute. As you can see here, the white chevrons are the airflow. Once the material builds up behind the nozzle, they have no place to go. Usually it exits back where the sewer cleaner's set up at. Here, we've taken too big of a biter, too big of a step, and you can see the airspeed is at about 85 mile an hour. 
Mike, take the next house and give us a little explanation of what's happening. Yeah, so same mainline sewer, same nozzle running at the same speed, but this is a oh, inch and a half or a two inch vent stack. It's got a lot more bends in the pipe, turns, and a little bit more restricted airflow. You know, we're running again. We take too big of a bite coming out of this. Uh, you see the airflow coming up there, taking all the bends. Now it is bubbling up a little bit in the in the uh, toilet, but it's not really spraying everywhere and causing huge issues. You're going to have a little bit clean up, but this is still not going to cause you a lot of issues. But then we go into this one, Ed. This third house, which was put together non-code, air admittance valve. You can see it doesn't have a vent, but there is an air admittance valve behind the toilet. Once the air hits the air admittance valve, it closes it, and that air is forced to come out of the toilet, as you can see. It's going to make a pretty big mess. Uh, again, the air admittance valve was not supposed to be used in this application. This is one of the reasons. Uh, and two, again, that airspeed. If we can reduce the airspeed dramatically, like you can with an anti-blast or a grease-type rotating nozzle, uh, you can reduce that airflow down under 30 miles an hour, and that'll take care of about 95 to 99% of your issues. There's those couple out there that you're just not going to be able to prevent, but if we can get rid of the 95%, 98%, I think you'd be pretty happy with those. When you talk about some of those situations you can't get rid of, maybe there was a situation where homeowner's brother decided to redo a basement and didn't follow any code or get any permits and plumbed it all themselves. Could that be a, maybe a reason that uh, with no venting that would cause some issues? That's exactly right. Let's throw a couple more photographs up here. And this, you see a couple of photographs, one of a toilet and the other one of a shower stall. These were ones that actually ended up in a court of law. Um, the homeowner's brother-in-law actually came over and said, look, if we take and put a toilet flange on that drain line, on the drain in the middle of the floor in the basement, in the basement floor. Um, we'll be able to put a toilet on, we'll build a bathroom around it. That way we don't have to do any cut any concrete. Sounded like a really cool idea. Well, that's exactly what they did. The city came by, cleaned the line, and that's the mess you ended up with because there's no fan on the system. Um, it was done incorrectly. There was no permits drawn. And permits might here to make sure that they're really to protect the homeowners, yeah. what they are to do, um, so they don't do this incorrectly. Had they drawn a permit, then it only needed a vent, and they'd have put the vent in the system. Once this thing had to go all the way to a court of law, a lot of money spent to find out that I ever put a vent in the system. We didn't find a vent, we didn't see a vent. Obviously, we went in and televised that line to make sure there wasn't a vent in it, but we assumed at that point in time when we saw what happened to that toilet. But that toilet and shower that you just saw, that's typical non-vent or air admittance valve. When you see them blow up that badly, yeah. um, some of them you're going to see a little water on the floor after you're done. It's going to look like you're here. Youngest boy got up in the middle of the night and never turned the light on in the bathroom and missed. And you got a little water to clean up on the floor. It's not a big deal. It's not a big mess. Um, the homeowner's going to make it sound like that. But you're going to get a little bit of that. That's part of the process. Yeah. You know, now you've kind of gone through of what causes this issue um, and what things you can do to prevent it. You know, there are tools out there. That, you know, I think most manufacturers now are making some sort of uh, anti-blast type of nozzle now. So you have options out there to look for. Understanding what you're looking for in a nozzle, you know, you want to reduce that airflow. You want to have uh, a higher degree on, on your jets on it to help reduce the airflow and get that in there. And if, if you have a spinning nozzle and you have that area and you don't have the budget to buy a specific tool, that nozzle will help in that situation, you know. 
It may not be the best cleaning nozzle for the situation, but it'll get it. It'll get you cleaned to the best you can without blowing up people's toilets. So, again, like Mike said, most of those spinning nozzles only have three jets. This has six out yeah. the back, and they're not particularly good flushing tools. They're good cutting tools. They're good grease tools, uh, but they don't move a lot of material. If you're willing to sacrifice a little time, that'll work. It'll work. And then the, the main thing is, you know, you won't have those problems when blowing people's commodes. Yeah. Well, thank you for this uh, tuning into this episode. You know, we'll have more episodes coming shortly. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we hope you guys learned something today. Appreciate you guys' opportunity. Mike, talk to us a little bit about where I can get the podcast at. Other places. The same places I just listed. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <coughs> we're good. <laughs> we can cut.